everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops FanCast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. You can follow the show on Twitter at Dallas Hoops Cast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers, and you can follow Martin on Twitter at Martin L. Myers. Remember, you can listen to new episodes and read exclusive articles at DallasHoopsCast.com, where you can also uh, read the latest breaking news and start shopping for Mavs gear and tickets. That's DallasHoopsCast.com. Okay. Uh, question. Are the Mavs the best sports team in Texas? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's kind of hard to say. Is that premature? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Would you say that they are the best basketball team in Texas? I think they're the best team right now. I, I know it's recency bias because they just beat the Rockets yeah. on the road. Who you could... People would have said they're yes. the best basketball yeah, yeah, team. Yeah. Um, the Rockets may end up still finishing with the best record. I'm not really sold on the Rockets. I don't like their style. I don't like their game. Nobody does. And for good reason. It yeah. it sucks. It's annoying. Like well, that to, was, to watch a feather fall on a guy <laughs> and they call a foul, it just drives me insane. Yeah, one thing I tweeted before the game, I was like, man... If I watch this game, that means I have to have to watch the Rockets, <laughs> which I don't want to yes. do. But thankfully, it wasn't really too much of the way it usually is with the Rockets. The Mavericks had a good yeah. game plan, like, um, and they're they're really disciplined when they play. Like, even well, you uh, the last couple of years, the way they play Harden, they're really disciplined with never reaching. They're always keeping their hands yeah. up. Even then, he still gets fouls called yeah. for him. But I think as far as they do it better probably than any team I've seen done. Maybe perhaps the Bucks are are better at it. Yeah, I want to talk about um, the Mavs' d- uh, defensive scheme for Harden. Um, but first, like, I wanted to talk about just outstanding performances in general. Mm-hmm. One I think that probably everyone's going to be talking about is Tim Hardaway Jr. This well, is his... It's, it's this, funny because yeah. <laughs> we were talking before we started recording, recording that um, Doncic had 41 points, yeah. and he's not even... Uh, he's going to be the main focal point of this podcast. Let's be real yeah, here. No, I mean, it's, the Mavs had some other guys step up. Yeah. And go ahead. Sorry. Well, and that was one thing I said before the game. I was like, their, their role players have played really well mm-hmm. in this stretch. And they're going to have to continue that if they want to win these tough games. That was my concern with the homestand. All the role yeah. players, their shot making the rate that the Mavericks are on right now. It's insane. It's, it's insane. I mean, they scored 137 tonight. That's three straight games over 135. Yeah. It's just been unbelievable. And my concern was when you go on the road in a hostile environment. Against a good team. Against a good team. Those shots don't fall down as much. But, I mean, instead of scoring 140, they scored 137 <laughs> against yeah. a team that's much better. So it was it was nice to see Hardaway was on fire. He's been on fire. And this, so the thing with Harden, or Harden, with Hardaway, you get a glimpse if the Mavericks had Bradley Beal. or guy. Clay, yeah, yeah, or just that two guard is where their weakest, well, despite, you know, Dwight Powell being the weakest <laughs> man on the roster right now. But if they have a diehard, die a uh, killer shooter, at that two guard position, this offense goes to another level. Yeah. Now, obviously, he's not going to shoot ninety five percent for the rest of the year, like it seems like he is right now. But if he can make consistent baskets from that two guard in that starting lineup, 
then this offense is on another level. Just remains to be seen because he's yeah. made, you know, he's on a hot streak right now, but he can also go one for 20 over the next five games. So two points about that. First of all, he's starting now before mm-hmm. he was coming off the bench. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Do you think he's better as a starter? I'll, and let me tell you the theory that a lot of fans have, and then you can comment on mm-hmm. if you think this is accurate or if what's happening. So some are saying that he's better as a starter because when he comes off the bench, he feels like he has to make everything mm-hmm. happens and so happen. And so he becomes Tim Yolo Hardaway Jr. <laughs> but in the starting lineup, he knows Luca is the man and then you have Porzingis. So he can just kind of relax and play off of them. Do you think... That's helping or... Well, we, I heard that off of uh, Mavs Moneyball. Mm-hmm. I think it was Kirk Kirk Henderson who brought that out. He said that it seems like when he's in the starting lineup, more of his shots are just spot up. Yeah. He can't just go YOLO <laughs> at it because, like you said, he's got Luca and Porzingis out there. They are the main focal point. And uh, so he just has to kind of play within his role, which is a lot of spot up shooting, which he's really good at that. So I think that might be true. And then when he comes off the bench, you're playing with Jalen. You know, yeah. I got to produce. I got to produce. And it, that's just not his role. Yeah, true. He's not good at being the main guy. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's take a look at what he's done off the bench versus as a starter. Now, this is only, I think, his third game that yeah. he's started. Mm-hmm. Um, so before this, starter versus bench, his field goal percentage as a bench player, 34%. In the two games previous to this, his field goal percentage was 80% as a starter. And then today he shot 10 for 18. So continuing on that trend. He was averaging 1.5 assists off the bench. In the two prior starts, he was averaging four assists. Today he had five. So again, continuing the trend. And then his three-point shooting is better. 29.5% off the bench. As a starter before this, 90%. Today, he was 5 for 11. Now, a lot of that is he is clearly on fire. Mm -hmm. But maybe it helps to play off of He's not going to shoot that. I don't think you expect him to shoot that highly. He's never done that his whole career. But what you hope for is... But he's always been the man. Well, kind of. He he did play a little with Porzingis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But what you hope for, I think, is 36%. From three, if you can get thirty six percent from three, and the majority of his shots are spot up three pointers, then that really opens up the offense. For some reason, he just plays better with Doncic than Curry does, and I think it's because he's more willing to shoot. Sometimes you don't have fifty feet of room. Doncic can get you room, but it's not always going to be ten, fifteen feet. Tim Hardaway has the ability, even if it's three or four feet, to just rise up and shoot anyways. Yeah. And I think that really helps playing with Luca because you got to be ready to just shoot because you're not always going to get wide open shots. And Curry, yeah. I think, is more of a wide open three point shooter. Yeah, I am. Like you said, it remains to be seen if he's going to continue this. I mean, he's clearly on fire. Mm-hmm. He's on a hot streak right now. So even the you know best or the biggest diehard Hardaway fan cannot you say this expect, is going to continue. Yeah. But if it does help him to start, then can we expect at least just better performances? In which case, that third guy that they've been looking for, yeah, he's not Bradley Beal, but if he can be half of that, at least for this yeah. year, and if he opts in for next year. It changes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it clearly changes what, what you're hoping offense. for is he plays beautifully. He, for some miracle, he averages 18 points a yeah. game on 40% three for the rest of the season. 
he's going to opt out at that yeah. point. And then that helps the Mavericks out. Now, if he is good, then you might as well just re-sign him. But not for not for twenty million billion yeah. dollars <laughs> like he's getting right now. Yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting for me to see. I I thought that Hardaway had the potential to be a steady starter averaging 15 points but i didn't know if he would do that and so seeing this it's like okay this is kind of i felt like if he could do this then it could make the team really good but even i don't know if he's gonna mm-hmm. continue this but if he does you're right at why he's doing it yeah yeah and, and basically. get as many wins as he can because he's gonna go through a slump he, he's such a microwave you know he's yeah. on and off yeah he's gonna go through a slump but while he's on it you you got to win those games, and that's what they're doing right now. Another guy that has really um, played better and better this year is Dorian Finney-Smith, and I wasn't going to talk about him a lot, um, but just because he has really picked up his shooting um, this year, I wrote he that— He seems more confident. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote that article about how his defense is great, but his shooting is just absolutely atrocious. Just like as bad as you could imagine, it's mm-hmm. worse than that. But I was like, if he can develop a three-point shot, if he can be a 3 and D guy, then he can be very valuable. And that's what the Mavs wanted. And in these past, not even just past couple games, but really this season, he's had a few where he struggled. But in the past couple weeks, he's really picked things up with his shooting. If he can become that 3 and D guy, if Hardaway can kind of even it takes out his team to yeah, level. into a city. Yeah. yeah it, it really well, takes you, him to another level. You saw level. it tonight yeah. against a really good team on the road. And uh, if those, if those role players, if they're doing their job the way you imagine them that they could do yeah. it, then it takes the team to just uh, another level. Yeah. I thought, do we want to move on to uh Porzingis? Yeah. Yeah. That was my next point. Well, do you want to oh. talk about <laughs> Typically you start. Well, you sounded like you had something you wanted to say. No, I just wanted to move on to Porzingis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's move on to Porzingis. Okay. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> you want to do his numbers or, or okay, what? Sorry. Am I let leading me, the podcast now? Let me edit this. Jeez. Um, uh, what were we even saying? Porzingis. Oh, um, 23 points. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's move on to Porzingis. He... I thought that he didn't really do a lot of scoring, but he actually finished with 23 points. And I think it's, again, because they just have him moving so well Mm -hmm. within the offense that he gets some of his best looks are out of passes for a three-pointer or put-back dunks or just, you know, a layup um, from the, the rolling of the offense. But, yeah, so he finished with 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block, Nine for 17 shooting, two for five on threes. I mean, he has really picked up his defense. And a team best plus 32 on the yeah. plus minus. I I thought tonight his activity defensively and offensively. Now, on offense, because he's had he had a couple of putbacks. Yeah. And I think what he's realizing is, even if he doesn't get the ball where he feels like he should get it, He's being so active on the offensive end that he's getting offensive rebounds, he's getting putbacks, he's getting all oops. Mm-hmm. So he's he's still able to get shots. I was surprised when I saw he had 19 field goal attempts. I mean, uh, 17. sorry, 17 yeah. field goal attempts, which just seemed I I just don't remember him. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he really impacted the defensive end of the game. I, I know the Rockets scored 123 points, but you're talking about a fast-paced, high-scoring team, and and the game was just just that way but in the fourth quarter and really the first quarter you saw Porzingis was all over the place on the defensive end 
I, I just thought his impact there was was just his impact is just uh was just awesome. Yeah, he his interior defense is just so mm-hmm. it's so good because he's so tall and long, mm-hmm. and he's, and he's a got really great good shot timing. blocker. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, and he still is not really quite in that rhythm offensively. Not offensive, yeah, yeah. And now he did get his shots in some places, but you can see the potential for the him to just go to another level because I know people are giving him a hard time about smaller guys guarding him. Mm. Porzingis is just missing these shots. He's turning around and shooting right over them and they're just not going in. Yeah. He's gonna start, if not this season, he's gonna develop that to where that goes in. He's just too big for that to affect him. So you can see the potential for him to go to a whole nother level. Yeah, I am I've noticed that his best shots are the ones that he doesn't create for himself. Like if they give him the ball and say, you know, go to work, he generally misses that. I don't know if because he's rushing well, it or he's not comfortable. I mean, he he was okay in yeah. New York at that. And I think that's kind of how he got that the the nickname, the unicorn, because he was seven three and he was dribbling around like a guard. Yeah. Um maybe I think it's because he's coming off of injury. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just not in his game like I thought it was. Well, so one thing I did, um, it made me think about was that interview where Carlisle, they asked him, why don't you run more pick and rolls with Luca and Porzingis? And he said, well, if we do that, mm-hmm. then the defense switches and that causes the offense to get stagnant. It was a load of crap. And we yeah. were like, that's a load of crap. <laughs> but now that you see when they do that, when they do run the pick and roll at defense switches or just when they decide to post him up, First of all, it does kind of slow things down, but also he's not effective at that right now. Yeah, not right now, but I I think you're seeing a lot more of Porzingis involved in the pick-and-roll game. Now, when he's getting the shot, he's not making it to the rate that you want him to, and I think that will change. But regardless of what Porzingis is doing, you always have a mismatch with Luka. So you should always be running a pick and roll. So even if they do switch and Luca gets a big on him, no matter what happens, you have the mismatch. And basically the only thing you have to get going is the mismatch on the other end. I just don't think that the small, (laughs) I think the small guy now is more in his head than it is because literally he just turns around and shoots over them. He's just not making it. I think it's yeah. in his head. And I also feel like he doesn't take his time. I don't know. Like, I don't want to spend a whole episode breaking down Porzingis, you know, post-game. But it's just, that's one thing I was thinking about. I guess in the meantime, if he's not making his shot, then maybe you don't want to just dump it down yeah. to him. Because he's more effective in other ways. And what's really encouraging with Porzingis, what shows that he really is one of these all-star type players in the league is he's being able to he's able to impact the game when his offense isn't going the way he wants it to go he's having a drastic impact he's moving without the ball he had that huge all-a-oop yeah uh, from uh, Doncic in the fourth quarter defense I mean yeah it's rebounding yeah so that to me is more encouraging to see than than his offense because his offense isn't there but He's out there and he's having a huge impact on the game. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, you mentioned it, the Mavericks defense on Harden. Because it was interesting. It wasn't quite what the Jazz and the, the Bucks. Bucks did, yeah. which was basically stay behind Harden. Um, but it was a similar sort of 
you know, something you don't see every day type of defense. And this is where I think it came from. We were talking about this the other day of how do you stop Harden since you can't play normal defense because he just flops. Mm -hmm. And that's a really difficult element to account for because that's not normal basketball. Like you can't play normal defense. So I was like, okay, you know, the Rockets want either a three or a layup, especially a layup with a foul threes, layups or free throws or all three of those. So I was like, okay, the worst case scenario is a three pointer. The second worst case scenario is free throws or a layup with a free throw. And then the layup is probably like, okay, if that's what you want, that's the thing we would rather give you. So the first thing you want to take away is the three pointer. And I think that's why the jazz um, and the bucks would play him from behind. Mm -hmm. That way he couldn't take the three. He couldn't step back into the three. It forced him to drive it. And you're like, okay, but then he's just going to drive it and get a wide open layup. Well, first of all, you would rather have a layup than a three pointer. And also Harden can't score every single point. Even if he gets the layup, he can't score every single point for the team. And then also, if you stay back off of him, basically behind him, then you know you're not going to get a foul call because he can't flop in mm -hmm. that backwards, that direction. So you He'll know, find a way. Yeah, so you know you're not giving up a three. You're not giving up free throws. The only thing you're giving up is a layup if he can get around, you know, the stout mm -hmm. guy going straight up. And so I was like, that was actually really smart of them to do that. And I think the Mavericks tried a similar thing by double teaming him almost like as soon as he crossed the three, the, or uh, the, the half court, the half -court line, yeah. line, it forced, he couldn't shoot it. He couldn't drive it. He had to pass out. I, I felt like that was the, their goal in that second half was like, if we're going to lose, it's because Harden. It's because, because of the team. Everyone else. Yes. Yeah. Because as soon as Harden crossed half court, it was a double team, and he was forced, and it even forced him into a couple of turnovers, a couple mm -hmm. of bad passes. For the most part, Harden did what he was supposed to do: make the right play. The problem is the other guys on the team couldn't well, make those plays. Yeah. If you're playing the Rockets minus Harden. Even if those guys have a good game, that's just not a good team. No. The Rockets minus Harden is not a good team. Um, and so even tonight, like PJ Tucker went seven for 10. Daniel House went three for eight on three pointers. Capella had a 20 20 game. Like all these other guys played well and made their shots and they had wide open shots. But even with that, when you take Harden off that team, they're just, you can beat them. Well, and I think that. Uh... D'Antoni's going to have to figure out how to counteract because that. when he's double teamed, well, the goal and and they did it one time and you were really happy with it. Not that you're a rocket well, fan, you no, hate the Rockets. It was but interesting. Be, the, the they they were double teaming Harden every single time, mm -hmm. and then they finally call the timeout. Blah blah blah. They come back, and the person bringing the ball down was Westbrook. Yeah, and it just helped with getting Keeping Harden the offense free. Going. Yes, yeah. and. And the Rockets, you got to be smarter than that. You got to recognize. Well, that when, was towards the end of the game. Yeah, it was a great coaching decision yeah. by the Mavs, and I don't know if they've seen the Rockets have seen much of that. And the reason I think that is because they were kind of thrown off by yeah. it. Like it took them forever to change their style, and I feel like if you've seen that a lot, you're prepared for it. As soon as you see it, you start having Westbrook bring the ball down and have yeah. Harden come off screens. Well, I would say two things. First of all, you're not going to think that a team is going to just, for the entire shot clock, double team one and player. And left, literally left, left a guy. house wide yes. open. Yeah. You're not going to think a team would do that because you're like, that's stupid. 
But when you realize the guy we're double teaming is averaging mm -hmm. 40 points, this is actually a good play for us. And the second thing I would say is that all these other guys made their shots. One thing that helped is that Harden did go two for 15 on three-pointers. So, I that, mean, that went the Mavs' way. And I don't know if that was because of the defense or just because he had a bad night. Well, it's definitely a bad night. Yeah. I mean... Or, I mean, maybe both. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he he's, he's a better three-point shooter than that. Now, you should give some credit to Dorian because Dorian is long. Mm -hmm. And so even if Harden's getting his three, I feel like that extra two inches of hand higher up in his eyesight would affect somebody's shot. Now, yeah. two for 15 was pretty atrocious. He had some that were wide open. Yeah. The Mavs dodge a bullet on that one. Well, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but the fact is the Mavs held him under his points per game average mm -hmm. and under his free throw attempt average. Yeah, and that was my other point. So he only shot 10 free throws tonight. He's averaging over 14. Mm -hmm. And I think that the defense that they played contributed to that because, first of all, they're doubling him so he can't shoot the threes. And remember, that's the number one thing you want to take away is a three-pointer. However you do that, whether with doubles or playing from behind, you want to take away the three. But then when he did drive it, the guys were playing kind of soft on him. So like, yeah, maybe he got a layup if he made that, but he certainly wasn't getting free throws. The problem is he's just not as good as Luca. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just not. You just wanted an excuse yes. to bring up Luca. I mean, come on. We've gone now. How long have we done this pod? It's been 21 minutes. And we haven't talked about Luca I mean, yet. What? 41 points. Oh, yeah. Just this another is... day in the office. Yeah, I mean, come on. 41 points, 10 assists. The dude know. was awesome. What do you want to talk about? Like, but you know, what I liked is the biggest, and, and this is why Luke is going to be the best player in the league and why the Mavericks are going to be a powerhouse for the next 10, as long as he's on the team. Because you have that guy that can go against another superstar. And deliver. And deliver. And he yeah. did that against LeBron. Mm -hmm. And they won that game. I don't care <laughs> what the win-loss record is. They won that game. They did. He went straight toe-to-toe -to -toe with LeBron and beat him. Tonight, toe-to-toe -to -toe with Harden mm -hmm. and beat him. And the Rockets just had no answer for Luka. Like, he's just, he's so crafty. And he's got a killer crossover under the legs. Like, yeah. he's been doing it more and more the last couple of games because he's realized he can get by his I guy. I do every, whatever I want. <laughs> it's, he's going left, and he just stops on a dime under the legs back to the right, and he gets a wide open lane yeah. every time. And the, the guy just doesn't know what to do. It's, he was just, he was phenomenal. It's weird because I kind of feel like it was a quiet game from him. I mean, there wasn't like a Luka Magic moment, really. Well, it was a physical hard fought. I yeah. know the, the score was kind of a blowout for the most part. But in the second game. half, yeah. in that second half, it was a physical game. And he was just powering through a lot of contact. I mean, for as much as they blow the whistle for, for Harden, I felt like they could have... But, you know, they didn't do that tonight. They weren't blowing the whistle for Harden. Yeah. But I, the fact that he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best players in the league and sometimes outshine them like he did tonight, that's why he's going to be yeah. the best player in the league. He's 20 years old already doing that. It's funny to me whenever the Rockets players contest a foul, like say that they didn't foul, mm -hmm. which, <laughs> which convinces me that they know that when Harden draws a foul, it's not actually a foul. Because if you think that what you did was not a foul, 
then how can you possibly think that that same thing that is on a the foul yes, yeah. for Harden or, or less? Because mm-hmm. we all know what Harden does. He either throws his head back or he reaches his arm in to hook the other guy's ha- arm if he's beside him and then draw a foul mm-hmm. that way. Like those are the two things he does. And it's like, if you're arguing this foul, then how can you must know that it's not a foul on the other end? I think it's hilarious anytime Harden Argues, is arguing yeah. at the refs because it's just like, dude. How does the ref not be like, free, really? You go to the free throw line 15 times yeah. a game and you're complaining about not getting calls? Yeah. Like, just think for a or moment. Or complaining about that this. you fouled a guy. Yes. It's oh, like, yeah. It's come like, on. Dude, like, like, one where. He fouled, I think it was uh, Dorian, when Dorian was driving on him. And yeah, it was kind of a touchy foul, but he fouled him. And he went over and complained, like, dude, if that were you, that would have been a foul. And you would have been, like, yeah. shaking, you know, or nodding like, your head. Or like when he shot the three and hit Dwight Powell in his face it, yes, and, and then, kicked his leg out. He was like, how is that not a foul at Powell? Yeah, it's, it's like, like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think Luca, 41 points, six rebounds, 10 assists. He shot over 50% from the field, uh, 36% from three. I mean, this is this is going to be the best player in the league. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and only 34 minutes. So he well, didn't, even though he came yeah, in true. early in the fourth, he only played 34 minutes. And uh, it's like every, there's the talk of, is he a top 10 player? Is he an MVP candidate? Every game he plays, it's better. It's yeah, he is. It's easier to say he's a top 10 player. It's easier to say he's an MVP candidate because, yes, it's true. We are only 16 games into their season, but every game is another game that he does the same thing, and you have more reason to say. Yeah. And every game he cracks another record. Yeah, tonight he's, it he's was... now mentioned with Oscar Robertson yeah. and Michael Jordan, whatever. Yeah, tonight he was the youngest player to have. I think it was three games in a row of 30 and 10 assists. Four. Oh, Man, four he's, games he's in a now row. He's had yeah. four in a row. He's the youngest player to do that. The other guy was Oscar Robertson. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's every game he's doing something like that. And only four like players have done that four games in a row. It oh. was uh, Harden, Westbrook, think Robertson, and Luca. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's every game he does something absolutely amazing and the mavericks are winning mm-hmm. that's that's Dude, the biggest and five. yeah that's the yeah. biggest thing to me is like there's a lot of guys that put up big numbers not these numbers but big numbers <laughs> <Trae> on, <laughs> on sucky teams <laughs> but if you can do that and contribute to winning which is really your job in the nba Did you see trey young's pathetic what do you say attempt to get he he uh, oh, he had a 30 point 10 rebounds, Triple 10 double, assists a game. And they lost. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, but John Collins is out, and we yeah. know that he's like. I feel like he you know. only did that because Luca has been getting all the attention. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to get into that, but. Devin you know, Booker almost had a triple-double the other night. Oh, really? Everybody on Twitter was like, how come nobody's talking about him? It's like, dude, Luca does that every game. Yeah, it was like, well, he didn't have a triple-double. <laughs> so was, if he had one, yeah. we would talk about his triple-double. And, and the ma- and Luca. so I saw that stat, Luca right now, and mm-hmm. I don't know how this game affects it, but he has the highest efficiency uh, in NBA history. Oh, um, his like what true shooting or is it no 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 or is no PER? his uh, the, the per yes oh. he has the highest per oh, okay. in league history for, right now uh, like for a season or for, for a his season career? Oh, yeah okay. so he would okay. have to maintain it over the whole yeah, season which is but, unlikely but yes. yeah but as it stands it was the highest yeah. it's been and and look let's not act like uh, he's just gonna fall off the map here we're 16 games in he's yeah. averaging 31 points a game 
I don't know what his assist numbers are up yet, but he might be at that that uh, yeah. thirty point triple double. Well, and I agree. Like I want to see what he does in January and February. Mm-hmm. You know, as the season wears on. You know, last year he kind of fell off. I think some of that was conditioning and some of it was they just didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want to see what he does in January and February. But, well, you know, last year he didn't. why doubt it until yeah. it happens? Just wait to see if it happens. And last year he he was the only offensive weapon that they had on the field. Mm-hmm. So The court. The court, the field. I'm watching the Cowboys game <laughs> as I'm talking. <laughs> I just told on myself Caught there. You. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he he was the only offensive weapon they had. Mm-hmm. So you know now they got Porzingis. You got Hardaway. The offense is better when he drives because Porzingis is out there. It's wide open. J, uh, Jalen Brunson tonight. Uh, he did a pick and roll with Porzingis, and they left Porzingis wide open. So he he passed it back to Porzingis. He he missed the three, mm-hmm. but the fact that it was it was a wide open. Three. Yeah. Very next possession, they did the same thing. This time, Tyson Chandler was out there. He's like, I can't leave Porzingis this time. Yeah. Jalen had a wide open layup. So that's what Porzingis gives you, even if he's not dropping forty five. The guys cannot leave him yeah. on the court. So the and we talk about Luca's field goal percentage at the basket. It's so much higher. It's because there's one less guy in there. True. Do you, uh, on the note of big men, do you want to talk about Dwight Powell or? Uh... Yes, Dwight okay. Powell needs to be. <laughs> oh, I thought discussed. you were going to say no. <laughs> no, he. Dwight Powell. Okay. You won. You had a twenty-point lead. You won by fourteen. He <laughs> was a negative fifteen. How is that plus possible? Minus. Because. Dwight Powell. How can you have a negative fifteen when you? That win means by every f- moment he was on the court, they were losing. You were losing, and every time he was off the court, you were, you were destroying <laughs> the other team. Yeah, and and so how how you have a negative fifteen? The do, two points, five rebounds. Uh, he had two blocks and a steal. I, I mean, so Kleba had eleven points. He only had two rebounds. He played 25 minutes, one last minute. I mean, I but don't know. But at least he was a positive out I mean, there. maybe this is just all in my head, but I feel like when I watch, I think that Kleba is a better player because he's a yeah. better shooter, but you can't... rebounder, and defender. And he's more versatile as a defender. Yes, Powell got destroyed on the rebounds. Like, yeah. just just crushed. I don't know. But, you know, there's, there's no need to make a change. The good thing is there's no Hakeem Olajuwon. There's no Shaq. Yeah. There's no Tim Duncan out there. So if he can just go out there and roll to the basket and but it doesn't hurt your team. But teams have taken away the alley-oop, and that yes, was really why it was out Carlisle there. Carlisle would argue that uh, he's still a threat. because It changes the geometry. <laughs> exactly. And because they've taken that away, that just means one less guy for the ball handler. Yeah. And yes, it makes sense. But I it just feel like sense. there's a guy out there it's just somewhere frustrating. in the league that can do that yeah. and also rebound and play defense. Yeah, it's just frustrating to see a guy drive the ball, go right at Powell, makes the layup. You know, it's like it's like he's not even there. But yeah. anyways, I didn't know if you wanted to spend a lot of time on it. It just it happened again. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, yeah, so right now the Mavs are third in the West. The Lakers are first, 14 and 2. Denver is 11 and 3. And then Utah, the Clippers, and Dallas are all 11 and 5. But Dallas is third, I'm sure, because, because of, of the conference. Yeah. Uh, or the, the division. In the Western Conference, they have the best record. 
Oh, okay. Out of those, uh, out of the oh, three okay. teams that are eleven and five. Um, and then the Rockets are now fourth at eleven and six. Um, and the no, Mavs, they're sixth. Oh, okay. Well, they're they're yeah. Oh so. yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. I was thinking because these were all tied, but they're not no, actually yeah. tied. Yeah. So the Rockets are six at eleven and six. The Mavericks play the Clippers on Tuesday at home, so that'll be a big game in terms of seedings and standings. Um, since they have the same record right now. I, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that game. The Clippers are really good. They just beat the Rockets. I think the Clippers are better than the Rockets. So the Mavs might lose that game. But I don't know. It's, it's it tough is to at say. Home. Yeah, when you're at home and, and the way the Mavs, they're just in a groove right now. Yeah. And yeah, eventually that groove, they're going to lose again at some point. It's not like they're going to finish the season never losing again. Will but they? I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like they're really confident right now, and they're in the midst of a long winning streak. I'm not saying they're better than the Clippers, but I just think right now they're playing better. They're a hot team. Another thing is the Clippers are still trying to figure things out with uh, Paul yeah. George and Kawhi. And will Kawhi play? Will He'll, Paul if, George yeah, play? You know, I don't know. Yeah. If they don't, I don't care. Yeah. You know, whatever. We need the wins. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I'm curious to see because... I know everybody's saying, talking about the Clippers' defense, how it's going to be phenomenal. The thing that they they don't have is size, and they play a lot of Montrez at the five. I know Montrez is a ferocious player out there, but at some point, the lack of size does impact you when you're going against other bigs. Yeah, I think a good example is Kenneth Fareed. Kenneth Fareed for many years in Denver was a ferocious player, but whenever he actually played against bigger players in high pressure in, on, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. he was not as effective because yeah. he's just not big enough. Yeah. Well, these next, so we were talking about the four game stretch that included Houston. And then after that, they have the Clippers and then Phoenix and the Lakers. And so we were thinking if they could go two and two, that would be really great. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. The Clippers game might be one that they lose. But like you said, I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with Porzingis versus, like you said, their size. Because yeah. they don't have anyone. Well, and just the Mavs, they just, their their whole team is big. Like, yeah. their point guard is 6'7". Now with Tim True. Hardaway out there, their shooting guard is 6'6". Dorian's, what, 6'8"? Yeah. No, he's 6'7". He's 6'7". But then he's got he, a 7-foot wingspan. Yeah. So. And then you have Porzingis at 7'3", and then Kapowell at 5'4". <laughs> so they have a lot of size out there. Yeah. And then after that, they play Phoenix, who's actually kind On of the road. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Well, Phoenix has lost some games now. They've been without Rubio. Um, Aaron Baines has been out. So, I mean, that could be contributing to it. And I don't know if those guys are back or no, will be back by then. I think their hot start was a fluke anyways. Not saying that they're going to be a terrible team, but I don't think Just they were as good, good as the way yeah. they started out the season. Well, we'll find out. I mean, if, like, I, you know, the injuries have happened. I get that. But once those guys come back, does mm-hmm. it continue or what happens? So, um, yeah, Clippers and then the Suns and then the Lakers, that'll be a tough game. And then after that, they have the Pelicans and Minnesota, who's also kind of fallen off. And then the Pelicans again, Sacramento, Detroit. So and it the kind Pelicans of, are playing better. True. Yeah. So the, those, the but Pelican they still have games, a losing record. Yeah. So. But those, those are going to be tough ones, especially the one in new Orleans. Yeah. I, I think their Pelicans are going to struggle on the road, but at home they're going to be really tough to beat. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. it'd be nice if it, like I said, my, my goal out of these next four, the Houston Clippers, 
Suns, Suns and, and Lakers. Lakers was two and two. Yeah. And uh, we're off to a good start winning the first one. Yeah. This is one of the ones I thought we were going to lose just because it's hard to win in Houston. Yeah. But hey, they got the win. Yeah. It was fun to watch. Um, I thought it was a good game. They're on a hot streak. I mean, and not and by that I don't j I don't mean like Luca Luca and Porzingis, I think are just this is good. who they are. The rest but of the their team, role yeah. players well, have really steadied things. Their offense right now is yeah. unstoppable. Like they're even in this game, the Rockets, you could tell at at one point in the second half, they were playing really hard defensively. Yeah. But the Mavs were just getting wide open shots. Their now ball they were missing shots, but they were wide open every single time. Yeah, it was fun to watch. We'll see what they do against the Clippers. Um, but yeah, those are our thoughts. Let us know what you thought of the game. What you think of the Rockets? Remember, you can uh, send the message on Twitter at Dallas Hoopscast or me at underscore Sydney Myers or Martin at Martin L Myers. And that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Wherever, or listening. no, for listening. <laughs> Wherever you're listening, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, five stars, and a review. We really appreciate that. It helps other people find the show. Um, but that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We really appreciate the listening. Thank you Thank guys you. so much for listening. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening.